Hi, I'm Josh, and on this week's Slaughterhouse Princess, Poltergeist. Hashtag, what are you afraid of? <coughs> Hi, I'm Matt, also on this week's Slaughterhouse Princess. Uh, hashtag, uh, mediocre remakes from the 80s? Shit, was it 70s? I'm about as good at this no, as they are. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's 82, you silly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, this is Charlie and Austin, and in addition to watching Poltergeist, we also watch a short. <clears throat> okay, so do we have all the department heads, Connie, Jeff? All right, let's walk through the positives and negatives ahead of our next campaign. Yes. Okay, so in terms of building, dis- uh, building destruction, big plus, a lot of burning buildings, a lot of falling debris, well done there. Uh, moving on to terror mayhem, many frightened people, a lot of death and dying. Crushing that orphanage, very nice touch. Thank you, Connie. Now, negatives, we all have to look closely at the strategy to launch a three-person invasion in the watery area. Now, I know we discussed branching out in new avenues for the invasion, but it's hard not to see that the lack of available bodies hampered this effort. I'm not pointing tentacles, but <laughs> we need to evaluate staffing in all areas for the next series of invasions if we're going to make an honest go of it. Everyone agreed? Yes, okay. Now, now, where are we going to order lunch from? <laughs> from the fishermen, of course. <laughs> and, uh, congratulations, Reg, it's a squid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this week, like it or not, we're Slaughterhouse Princess. <laughs> I'm your princess now, Nancy. Read your book! Yeah, it's us, your friendly neighborhood horror show hot dog folks, doing, uh, as I said, a spectacularly ill-timed Halloween episode. (laughs) (laughs) As per usual. With Slaughterhouse Princess. We planned this well in advance, but what we didn't plan was that we would all be super busy. Yeah. So, uh, here we are, though, and we watched Poltergeist. Why did we watch it? Because they told us to. And... But before we get into that, we also had a short that we were supposed to watch last week that we didn't because we were too busy... Uh, that may be a theme that pops up kind of recurring every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> but such short is called The Fisherman or El Pescadero. I like it. As a dude, what fishes. <laughs> and uh, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is quite the the little cinematic thing. Yeah, it is. And 20 minutes long. We're, we're underwater. We're overwater. We're on a boat. We got like apocalyptic destruction and it's much bigger in scope yeah. than a lot of short horror is. Um, mm-hmm. We see the occasional thing that's a little longer. I think we even had one or two in the uh, Twin Cities Horror Festival short film festival this year that were like fifteen minutes or a little over, uh, but not right. much. They usually, you know, we even complain sometimes when something hits like that eight nine minute mark. We're like, could you have told this in three minutes? <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, uh, I would say though I didn't find this one. This one I didn't feel the length. It wasn't a problem for me. How about you guys? No, I, I thought it was interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was paced more like a movie, so it made sense that it was a little bit longer. Well, and also too, it's like um, there's also this is going to sound very literal. I don't mean it to be literal, but there's a different language going on. You know, and it's sort of like <laughs> well, duh, duh, but also like it's just like a fisherman on a boat in this little area, and there's all this kind of stuff, and there's these little interpersonal things, and. But it's all in this different culture, and it's in a different area, and these different things. And I found all that to be really cool. Like, I, I you know, sometimes that can get where you just, it's hard to bridge that gap. But in this case, uh, I thought it was kind of a, kind of a nifty thing. Um, and to also, ex- to explain the, the silly long introduction, all after I watched this a week and a half ago, whatever it was, I was like, I just had this image of them, like, doing, like, a little, like, post-invasion, like, focus group. And discussing their plans. And like when you see the city all in fire and things blowing up and whatever else. And then like, but the guy in the boat just got like a little shrimpy one and then like a big one of the little creatures. And it's sort of like, I was like, man, they just really were, they did not staff that properly. Nope. And I just like, for a week and a half, I've just had this image in my head of these like meetings with the, with the monsters and they're like discussing their invasion protocol and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but it just made me laugh like crazy. It's like, I have these whole like conversations about, you know, various like you know, kind of like alien politics in relation to invasions and well, that like, was their know, like about staffing levels. 
Yeah, that's like their their little like tiny division. That's like the private pile division. That they're like, no one's going to really need to guard the rear flank on this side because we're going to be so covered. Exactly. Yes. Exactly right. Yes. So they're like, fine. Okay, we'll, we'll put a token squad back here because what's the worst you're going to find? Like one fisherman. Surely you can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you down, chief. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. It's just like it just made me it just made me laugh. Like in, in especially in relation to the scope of what's happening in the town once he like the boat gets close to town and sort of like this epic level of stuff and it's just sort of like like who did he get? The two guys that like got drunk and then like got got back to base late, like and they just sort of it's just a damnest thing. Get um, out there but, and get that fisherman pile. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, but it's like so. I've been riffing on that shit for a week and a half now. It's just, it's just like, uh, it's just so good. It's like uh, it's, it's 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 important to make yourself laugh. I think is the thing. Yeah, it's kind of the almost the opposite of the evil ducks problem from Noah's Ark, right? Like we're gonna take over the land, but you know what about all the dudes out on boats? They just get off scot free. Yeah, um, getting this is the thing. tentacles all up in their gutty works. <laughs> nice. Uh, see, we know a little of the lingo. Um, I, yeah, I would say like the the scope of it at the end was quite a shock to me because this was like okay, cool. There's like dude who's maybe pushing himself to take a boat a little too small, a little farther away than he normally would because he's got to get that. Well, I don't know if it's, it can't be a mortgage payment on a boat, right? Um, <laughs> I think rent. If it's a houseboat, perhaps. Oh shit! <laughs> so whatever it is you do to keep your boat. Uh, like he's he's clearly worn out his goodwill with the guy that has you know can call in that quarter, but uh, so yeah he goes to the thing you're like oh shit he went out and late enough or in a deep enough part or something and encounters these monsters and it's like oh that's that's cool that's a fun little film and the monsters I think look pretty rad. Um, yeah, they're neat. Oh, yeah. And then you know it's like ah, I'll head back to civilization. And it's just like, oh, also all of civilization has been ruined in your absence. And it's like, what? (laughs) That was, you told a relatively small, cool, creepy story. Now apparently there's like a whole other, well, it's kind of like the, uh, like the 10 Cloverfield Lane thing. We had this weird taut drama while outside the world was ending through ginormous (laughs) alien invasion. And, you know, there are small personal stories that happen and things like that, you know, like, and you can purposefully set that up. And I think it is all done methodically. And who knows, maybe this is going to end up being somebody's pitch for a larger something. But, uh, I don't know. I dug it. I would say it's worth watching. Yeah, very much so. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's really neat. It's, it's neat to see just different, um, different sort of stuff. I mean, that was kind of the thing with the, with, with Twin Cities this year was sort of like, well, there's a lot of interesting stuff around, around to see. You just gotta, you just gotta find it. Yep. And it's just kind of, it's neat to see just different kinds of stuff. And, and, and in fact, like, there's a lot of them, ladies and gentlemen, if you get the inkling to do and you speak other languages better than, better than me, like, there's a lot of Spanish and Thai and, uh, 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 like, some of the, some of the Eastern European languages of shorts that are like, I'll be goddamn if I can figure out how to track those people down, but like, they're around and you can see all kinds of neat stuff, especially some of the ones in Spain. Good lord. It's lots of cool stuff. So you just gotta find them, and I think this is one of those neat ones. So I'm glad that this kind of came up. I think it's cool. Nice. Yep. So say we are. So, yeah. should we move on to our feature presentation? The future is now of presenting things. Well, of- we should, we should, we should, we should establish a couple of a couple of truths. One of which is that the original Poltergeist is rad. Yeah. Because I think yeah. the original mm-hmm. Poltergeist is rad. Um, that is the truth. Um, the other, one of the other truths is that both Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt are great people and great actors. Mm-hmm. I love both mm-hmm. of them. I love seeing them in damn near anything. So those things are true. Um, but then you have the why. Why they, why this? Why they, why they, why they this? Because you have good why people involved, right? You know, and then you have this great source material, and then it's like, well, okay, what are you, what's the thing you're gonna, what's the thing you're hanging your hat on? What's the thing that you're gonna really expand it out? Um, and save for that, that, that crazy, like, the crazy, like, kind of birth canal with all the kind of uh, ghosty things or whatever. It's so cool. At the end, there's not a lot else that they, they bring to it. Um, there, there, there's, there's, and it sounds such a mean thing to say, but like, there's not a lot of new ideas. And so, like, if you're making a copy of a copy of a copy of something that's really rad, then it's like, if you're not adding to it, then what have you got? Mm-hmm. You know, well, the the more that they stick close to the thing, the more we're invited to compare 
yes, the yes, two yes. productions. Yeah. And then when they do diverge, since they've been sticking so close, then it makes you go compare like the original to the divergence. So there's, there's not a lot of win to be had in, in doing something like this. That's just kind of a, I mean, that I don't think that this came out of a burning desire to make a film, you know? I mean, I'm a placeholder in a way. And it's not like that that has to be with every remake. Like, I always, you know, throw back to the Evil Dead remake. Like, that was a dude who loved the original and wanted to make a remake that did something different and had this burning desire Mm -hmm. and this respect for the source material. Like, this just seems like, well, we looked through the back catalog, Gil, and we got Poltergeist. And, you know, we can, we can make a new one of those. And he's like, well, okay, I mean, I, I can still see, cause, no. you know, this is also, you know, a Raimi Tappert production where you got two people who clearly love the, the genre. And it's the company that's, you know, they're putting their stamp on this film, even though they're not like directly, um, you know, writing or directing it. But I could see this being like, oh, the option to get this remake has come up. What a cool property. We know some people that we think might be good at it. Here we go, but didn't really stop to go. But do we have anything to say? And mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, and we should go through some of the differences and things because it's that's there. There's some things there that I found, and maybe some things I missed in the original that I, I wanted to make sure we touched on. Um, so the basic premise of Poltergeist is family moves into a new home, things go wonky. In this one, maybe faster than the original because it's like day one. The little girls like they're they're walking through the empty house and she's already talking to an empty closet. And yeah. over the course of maybe a week, they're full on like shit's gone bug nutty and uh daughter has been sucked into the TV. Um and so you know it, this is the thing Megan and I were trying to talk about and we did a little bit of cursory googling. Because the the setup seemed at first to simply be the house is under power lines, and that's going to be the cause of ghostiness. And then uh-huh. you have the dinner party scene where they're like, "Oh well, you know, your house used to be on, on is where a, a cemetery used to be, but they moved it for, you know, to put in the housing development." <laughs> and I remember that same scene in the first one. Although in the first one, uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson worked for the developers. Which was like yes, how they were getting yeah. a sweet deal on the house. In this one, it's like this family, um, Sam Rockwell, uh, is like unemployed. Mom is a writer, but is currently not writing. She's the stay-at-home mom with an unemployed husband, and but he won't let her get a job because she's the one that's working while not at home. And you know, again, it's not knocking stay-at-home parenting or being a someone who does art at home. That's all great, but like they clearly established neither one of them is doing anything to earn money. And then that's like if they get a mortgage. And, yeah, okay, that was they a, get that not was only a, you brought that up. Yes, because <laughs> that was the first thing where Megan and I were like, "Wait, how are they getting this house?" And they're like, "It's a good deal." Like, oh, and they'll even take a little more off the price. And yet, when he goes to buy a squirrel trap, like mm-hmm. th- two out of the three cards he tries to use are declined, but then he's still able to go buy like, which is I think an honest, a very honest moment. We're poor. We're beat down. I feel like I'm not providing. I'm gonna over splurge with money we also don't have because at this point I don't have the money for a squirrel trap. I might as well buy an iPhone for my daughter and a pizza for my younger daughter, which is an adorable difference in price. <laughs> and then like the the drone, which comes into very little use in the movie later, but is technically related to the plot, which is a, a substantial difference from the earlier ones. Um, but that also is like a five hundred dollar drone. Yeah, okay, that's the thing. It's like he done the phone probably was too, right? Um, mm-hmm. but the, but so you have this family who's in dire financial straits because dude is laid off from John Deere buying this home that apparently is crappy, but they can afford it because of like some foreclosures and shit. And I'm looking at this going, this is a very nice house. Like I'd be very happy to live in this house. <laughs> so like already your setup is more, um, Amityville horror where, you know, where they're just like these people that are down on their luck and have to stick with this house and really dig in. Cause they're like, you know, freaking out over like the rent check in that movie. But I could not well, figure out how they got the house in, in the first place. That's the main thing. Oh, it's it's done with all the subtlety yeah. of just flopping your dick in someone's pudding. Like it's it's just all laid out, <laughs> literally through conversation where they just say out loud, like, "And what do you do?" Look, oh, I did that. I did that one time at your house. Well, one time, and that's and you don't let it go. I, you know, that's how it goes, <sighs> man. But so like, God, but that's it, that sets up a thing where I'm already kind of like scrunching my nose a little, going, "Well, how are we starting this movie with a family buying a new house if they can't?" They have no money and they can't afford anything, including just, like, a meal. Whatever. But then later in the movie, you see them going to buy another house 
with not a whole yeah. lot of ostensible difference. And it's like I don't I don't think money works the way you think it works, movie. <laughs> Which that was the other thing. <laughs> for some reason the the going to visit another house, like to buy it, didn't bother me as much as the fact that they were just in a new car. That too. And it, well and they because it was like they I mean Well in what insurance plan covered their exploded house? <laughs> like I I don't understand. Yeah, maybe are poltergeist attacks considered acts of God? But I, I thought the whole point of an act, act of, of God was that it was excluded because that was the kind of thing no, no one right. could insure for. Oh well, you unless they wrote it too, off as like I mean, a gas to, leak. Not to be like devil's advocate about it, but they were saying like they do this little hand waving thing at the beginning where the little boy, he's a little boy, says something like, "Oh, we'd rather live in our older house or you know, the house that's the the newer one, the nice big one that we used to have." And then they're like, yeah, well, that's not an option anymore. And it makes me wonder if, like, maybe they did have a house in, um, like, a, like, a nice area that was, like, appreciating really well and all this kind of stuff. And then he gets laid off. And so they're like, well, we're going to sell the house and we're going to get a whole bunch of money set aside and we're going to go down to buy like, something substantially you know, like, cheaper. The, the guy, like, where Lionel Hutz works at in The Simpsons, like, that mortgage place. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're going to yeah. give us, you know, because we've got. Certain amount of equi- you know money available or something like that or something you know whatever but none of that shit matters but it's just sort of like it is weird like when you when you approach that in a in a, in a movie I just kind of feel like you can do the one end of things which is the friends or the felicity end of things where it's sort of like you're just gonna kind of throw all logic out the window but in this they're kind of like they're kind of pushing in that kind of housing crisis down to look aspect of it yeah and I just kind of I, I wonder. If there could have just been a little bit more workshopping on that from the onset, because 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 later when he does go to the mall and do that kind of stuff, I I totally it's like yeah I yeah I get it I've lived that that's the yeah. thing yeah you're like I've got nineteen dollars available but kid wants a thing that's twelve dollars and I gotta make five dollars last until Thursday and this is like yeah but that's really stupid but man fucking come on yep. you know like I, that's yeah. the thing that I was no, like that, yep I understood the impulse I just didn't understand. How he was managing. Well, I think they to pull that off, they're you know? going out of their way to try to demonstrate that these are good people. Like dad yeah, is for sure. oh, yeah. perennially joking around, and mom is is very much not just like doing the typical kind of bitchy sitcom mom of like tolerating wacky husband's antics. Like she's having fun. She's having a good time. They're all like this family all clearly dynamic. You know, they aside from like dynamic. the teenage daughter being a teenager, which is her job. Also, were th- was there a teenage daughter in the original, or was it just the two kids? Were there three? I think it was just the two. I thought I so, too. I, w- I did not remember, like, an old, sullen teenage character in the originals. I remember the Carol Ann and then the other small kid who discovers Carol Ann's gone. I don't think there was a third kid. And this movie sometimes seems to forget there's a third kid. Like, there's a couple mm-hmm. bits of business with her, but then, like, quick, grab our two children she and just have- went through hell. And then their mom's going, I love you, I love you. You both woke up, and then leaves her husband, and I love you, too. And then just... Other daughter is not even in the shot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, eh. like, I see why she's sullen and teenagey. <laughs> like, good <laughs> lord, she got sucked into a floor with a ghost woman in the garage earlier. Like, she's seen some shit. At least as much as no, little there boy. Were three kids. There were three. There kids, were. Yeah. There were three. Okay. Okay. So maybe I just might have also been an equally unmemorable type of character. Not that the actress was doing a poor job here, but mm-hmm. wasn't given much to do most of the time. So anyway, I think like the dynamic of the film certainly doesn't need that third character. Yeah, and I think they just like they set up all this family stuff about the money and dad trying to be have fun and like doing their best with this house just because that's the only way to have scenes that aren't just haunting scenes because they have mm-hmm. nothing else to say with these people. Cuz But it also requires everyone to act like that house is a shithole. Yeah, which again is And I was kind of expecting like this was a McMansion in the 80s and now it's kind of gone downhill. Yeah, but it it wasn't that bad looking, you know. Yeah, like I think I'd be happy nice to live house. there, you know. <clears throat> um, they need you need someone to like pull off the handle on the faucet or something, or just well, and they like, do that in the closet door, but like who cares? Like, oh, the closet door's stuck, and he's looking at it like pretty big deal. And I'm like, that is the least big deal if you're looking at you know, you're checking the water heater and the the roofing and the insulation. You're not looking at like does the knob on this crappy thing that will take two bucks at like a hardware store. That's not a deal breaker when you're spending $180,000 on something. <laughs> like ugh. So anyway, uh, uh I keep wanting to say Carol Ann. Uh 
Oh, so who's the kid? Uh, Madison, hey, right? Griffin and Maddie. Yeah, all of these people have enraging names <laughs> from these children. So Madison is talking to the closet, like I said, right away from the walkthrough, and then finds the thing where you can touch the handle of her closet and your hair stands up. Uh, and then is seen. I did like that bit. It's yeah. fun. And then, like, that night, I think, like, all the electronic stuff keeps going wonky, which again seems to be leading to the idea that it's not just they're on a cemetery, but that it's an, a cemetery with power lines near it. And so then she starts talking to the TV, and you get the, I think, very well shot hands coming in from inside the TV to press against the inside of the glass. That's a beautiful thing. It's I gotta, really, I gotta give really them cool. all the credit in the world. Like, those shots, that's okay. So, this is just a, just a little quick side diversion. Sure. One of the really galling things about this movie, outside of the fact that you have wonderful actors in Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt that are just wonderful in all the things, um, is that there are a bunch of shots and a bunch of little me- mechanisms and stuff in this that are really great, that are just like, stuff like that, that are just straight up awesome. Um, there's just there's something about that that's wonderful. The way that they lit the, they light the tree when it's like bopping on the window, on the window up in the attic and stuff like that, and just little bits of little bits of mechanics. When when the camera moves over on teenage daughter, when her phone starts to go a little buggy and the light goes on just off just out of her periphery, yep. it's out of our periphery, but it still occurs within within the frame. I was like, God damn, it, man, that's some great craft. Like, Very talented really cool. people made this movie. Clearly, yeah, man. Yeah. Like that's and that's the thing, and that's the part that bugs me is that like. This is not slapdash shit. Like it has a really good look to it a lot of the time, and it's and and gosh, that's cool. And it, Jesus, the scene with the teenage daughter in the in the in the garage, like shit. I was, I was waiting for that, that to be the cheesy scene oh. that made me go okay and kind of write the movie off. But I thought it was done very well because I was like, yeah, okay, you know, here's where the you yeah. know the she the the floor is gonna go with some mud coming out. I'm gonna go. Oh, that was dumb. And then, like the door will lock behind her. It's like, oh shit! No, there will be a really legitimately freaky ass looking ghosty thing, and then the hand will come out of the mud and pull her like way down farther than it should for the size of the hole. And then we just cut away and have to wonder what's happening to her while we start following Griffin around. I was like, oh shit! Like that's a very effective moment. And that again, actually, Charlie, that's I think neat. you and I are very much in agreement there because in talking to, to Megan about this, going, I you know, I remember seeing the trailers for this and thinking. Huh, Poltergeist remake. Poltergeist is pretty dope, but then again, Evil Dead is pretty dope, but the remake was awesome. So, you know, my favorite movie of all time, The Thing, is a remake. But uh, the trailer looked so good that I was worried every single good thing about it would be in the trailer. And I would argue, you're not missing any story, but all the cool scenes are not in the trailer. There is a ton of really cool, freaky shit that this movie does that I think that is I think what they're doing differently they're finding ways to do some shots that were either uh, impossible or impractical to try to do in 1982 you know like oh for sure they're they're, they're taking a different angle and they're doing some slightly different things different ways so they're they're kind of doing their own spin on stuff while kind of you know homaging the originals it's like okay it truly shows when you guys are given a task show us a, a tree become a hand and grab someone and you know in the original it basically looks like king kong's hand reaching into the building <laughs> and the person's like wildly flailing around like they're on star trek and just got hit with a photon torpedo and the whole set staying still but they're all like lumbering around and it's just and the, but that's fine that works the movie's still good but here they're like well now we can actually have it not only come through the window but like scratch the window and then work around a corner and all that and you're like oh shit this is additionally creepy compared to that original because they're using the new technology well awesome but I don't care enough about the way they're setting up their universe for that to be like for me to be like fuck yes you need to see this like you know does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, you can. They're they're trying right like that hashtag. What are you afraid of? And then you've got Griffin in the opening night in the attic and the dad coming up and said, "What are you afraid of?" And like everything, and then he has to conquer his fear. And like on paper, that makes sense, but. It's just kind of sketched out. It's, it's a like very classic idea, yeah, of a thing. But you, they don't fill in the blanks to make it these characters actually come alive, and for that to mean anything, it's just hitting those storytelling beats. I will say, uh, based on if you, uh, dear listeners, because you might not have heard any of our show before, Horse Show Hot Dog, I, I'm one of the few people that didn't like the Babadook. 
because I found the little kids so grating. And there's a chunk in the middle of this movie where Griffin is starting to get to the point where I'm like, I kind of don't care about this kid anymore and want a ghost to backhand him in another dimension because he is so scared of everything. And then his mom actually addresses it. And he's like, I'm like, he's been like this all day. Like, I'm starting to think he's the crybaby and he's not the youngest one or something like that. Horrible thing for an adult to say in front of the child. Totally the kind of thing an adult says to another adult when complaining to each other at the end of the night about whichever child is most problematic that day. <laughs> I was like, oh, for sure. You know, so I was just like, oh, cool. They get that he's being over the top. And, and I'm not saying his acting is bad, but like, that kid is literally, you know, every shadow, creek, cro- you know, like when he's sitting there, like, and the thing is, he also sounds almost exactly like my son on a bad day. Where, you know, it's like, well, what do. What if bad guys come in? They won't. We got an alarm system. Well, what if the alarm system doesn't work? It's it's going to work. I'm turning it on right now. Well, what if they cut the cords? They they can't cut the cords. That was set up the alarm system. Well, what if they go to the power station and turn off the power? Well, then they'd be at the power station. They'd be electrocuted and they'd die. We're fine. You know, and it's just that like one more yeah. question. And I'm like, they are. And the parents display remarkable patience throughout the movie with with their son about that. So like again, I think they do try really hard to set these up as good people. So that we're supposed to yeah, be all so. the more concerned for them, but I, I somehow and it, and again, like you said, Charlie, these are great actors. They never elevate to me beyond just like placeholder character one, placeholder character two, place you know that are just going through the motions. What's needed for the plot, and it's it's I can't quite put my finger on it, but it just it does not. They as characters don't grab me. Um, not the way that uh, what's her face gets grabbed into the TV. Am I right? Anyway, (laughs) we should jump back to the plot, though. I think we're at the point where um, when she flips out, mom wants to call the cops and dad kind of goes, yeah, that's going to end badly for us, which I thought might introduce some marital strife into this already convoluted family story, but they wisely avoid that. Uh, And so mom goes to talk to the paranormal division at the university, which would be if the Ghostbusters didn't invent proton packs. And if they just they went on the lecture circuit, essentially, which is like you know, in the real world, that's what happens. People just kind of like you can go, well, we we have these machines, we think we'll look at ghosts, and we can kind of show up and see what we think. And Megan and I sitting here watching it go because the mom says like we didn't know who to even who to even start with. And Megan's like, yeah, if I gotta admit, if I really truly thought I saw a paranormal thing, like your son gets sucked into the TV, I don't. what what you don't like just look for the nearest who are you gonna call you don't just look for the nearest psychic and then call them i need you to get my son of a tv you're gonna go that's not even a little of what i do (laughs) like (laughs) it's just it is just not a thing and i think in in their credit the the students uh and i guess one faculty member is it a faculty member and two students is that kind of the vibe I think yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Kind of go. We will certainly check it out, and you know, and then we do find out the one dude seems to be more of a skeptic than he let on. Uh, he's also an, he's also an asshole. Oh too. no, for that sure. Guy, that's what I'm saying. The, the, he's like super God, cynical. That guy's a dick. Well, and again, th- this movie does, especially that guy. But this movie does fall into the trope of we all are working in a haunted situation. <laughs> I just saw something fucked up. I will speak nary a word of it. <laughs> To anyone else? Mm. Oh yeah, uh, an arm just grabbed me and tried to kill me with a power drill upstairs while I was setting up part oh of the my ghost God, trap. I love that. The, scene, I love that scene. the scene is great, but then what he does is <laughs> the ghost just lets him go, and then he comes downstairs and like, did you do it? He's like, yeah, basically. And it's like you don't you don't want to mention. And also, they didn't hear him screaming, which is just movie logic, whatever. But uh, it did remind me of the cracked article from a couple days ago, where if you try to picture an actual physical ghost doing the things you see in haunting movies. It's kind of funny because that means there's like an actual ghost holding someone's hair and dragging them around the floor. <laughs> like if they were suddenly visible, they would look so stupid. And this is another case of just like there's a ghost that's like, ha, stole your power drill. And I was just sitting there lining it up, avoiding the studs and going through the drywall and like hoping the bit doesn't get stuck. And also kind of hoping he doesn't hit. two ghosts arguing. Yeah, arguing with each other behind the behind the drywall, like no, no, move it over, no, 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 move it over. You're gonna catch his nose. I'm not gonna catch his nose. It's not gonna happen yeah. again. I want to get close <laughs> to the nose. Why don't we just drill him through the side of the head? God damn it, boy! I told you I would tease you to haunt. It's not about actually killing them. It's about scaring them into thinking you'll actually kill them. How does that accomplish anything, Dad? God damn it! <laughs> it's the process. All right, you know sake. what? Next, take your ghost to work day. You stay home. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I also, I also just love that whole bit in general because, like, he's like, you know, do the thing with the wall. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, this is where we're gonna do the thing. And, and then, <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I'm gonna take your damn drill. <laughs> like, I love that. And then it's sort of like, motherfucker, I don't know, I don't know how often in your house, like, parts of the house just take shit from you. I don't know if that's a common thing, but like Not these days. for me, if it's like the wall was just sort of like I'm out, I'm, out, I'm like wink, like it just sort of it, it it took the thing that I had. What the god damn it! And it's the third time this week, and then he reaches his arm in there to reach in there, and that's another one. We all have the things that kind of set us off, whatever. I have a thing with my hands, like anytime, like you know, like, okay, in Indiana Jones when he's like reaching through yeah, that ooh. tunnel, the little mm. tube. With all the little buggies, like anything biting hands or grabbing hands or whatever, it just freaks me the fuck out. Reaching into the so unknown like like, is always yeah. yeah. He's reaching yeah, his damn arm, arm into the thing where they just went yoink and took his drill. Like, man, what the fuck are you doing? And this is like you know, bam, 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 really intense. Then flies back. He's got the marks on his arm, and he goes, "Looks, the wall's okay. The arm's okay." Like, oh, the I will admit, thing? the mark on Hi. the arm was really cool because it implied an enormous hand. I think. Because that to me looked like fingers, and each one was like almost yeah. the width of another arm going like laterally. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool! <laughs> like that's some freaky shit." Oh, speaking of freaky shit, we might have left over the uh, the clowns in the boys' room. Oh god! He finds a stash of clown dolls, and then of course is scared of them. And then the funny part is they're all just in his room for the rest of the movie, and it's like, dude, <laughs> like <laughs> you don't need to keep them because you found them. But they do have the one that you see yeah, in the why trailer. Why didn't they just take those out and then have them go back in the room? That, that was the I thing. don't like, know. That, that's... I kept expecting that would be the thing. They they pack them up in a box, out they go in the box, they come back to the room, and all the clowns like, hello, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. now you go hide. You know, like, that's the plan, and it's like yeah, something. Man. But the, the the although although that was one of the good mechanics though. Is like is that's a neat thing. Like shit flying around is one thing, but like just having objects do non-object related activities is uh, is always like, kind of like look away and, and just phew, and something moves over this way. And then that, that when all of them are moving moving around, like every time he's moving the light around, or else like and then the clown another spot. Well, Charlie, like, did you on. did you see Harold while you were up here at the horror festival? I did. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example of that. Where when we're allowed to see. Suddenly, something is not where we thought it would be, and it's supposed to be an inanimate object. And I think they they do a good job with the the main clown. I think in this one, doing that kind of shit. Yeah. The uh, so yeah, they do the pretty good creepy clown. Um. Anyway, uh, our ghost hunters show up. They kind of they basically figure out that they need to go through the closet, and they chuck stuff into it. Well, they don't chuck stuff into it. Dad goes nuts and starts bashing through the wall in the closet. And that exposes the other dimension that Maddie went through. And then, like, the leg of a table he was using that went into that dimension plops out the roof of the living room. Oh, I dig that. Which I think I is that. pretty it's cool. It's so silly. <laughs> and again, like, that's fun. And then they get to the idea of, like, oh, okay, let's run a rope into the hole, and eventually it pops out in the living room. They're like, cool. Now we just got to get her to grab the rope and head through it. And that's where the drone comes in, where they send... And I, oh, actually, no, the duder comes in and explains this. Uh, what's that guy's name again? The uh, the actor? Uh, oh, the character? The, oh, the actor? Jared Harris. Jared Harris, Jared yeah, Harris yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's like, I guess he's Dr. Uh, Brooke Powell. Um, so he's like the... He, he's like a guy who well, actually has a ghost hunting <laughs> show. It's Kerrigan Burke, you silly man. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. But... Um, <laughs> you know, he's talking. His oh, Brooke Powell's the the one, like Adam Burke from uh, when he. I've heard him on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Who's Adam? Oh yeah, I just yeah. kept thinking, like, Jesus Christ, is that Adam Burke? Like, I, I wish he had gone all the way into Mad Eye Moody. If we're oh gonna go yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's a definite similarity in tone there. Um, so he explains they got to send something through, and I, I do love one thing. I did uh, one thing I did really, really love about his character is they got the TV show right that the teenage daughters watching, yeah. you know, like the house is clean and all that stuff. And then he's like telling the kids about the thing with the leg and the thing with this car, or whatever else. And then at the end, it was like he's like, "Well, if we if you survive, I'll tell you this." The, the, he asked about the car on his head. He's like, "Oh yeah, boom mic operator just fell asleep and just bumped me on the head with the boom mic, and that was, that was no good." Love that. Um, and I thought it was an interesting. I thought it was an interesting choice in kind of a subpar attempt at doing something new to the table to have an idea of like a TV or media personality, paranormal person, have him be like an actual legitimate paranormal person, but to pay the bills, you gotta be able to do this, you gotta be able to do the dog and pony show. But is also but genuinely cares about people. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was such a. It's like, where the hell did this character come from? Like, man. And I'm only the guy that gets infuriated by this kind of shit, but I actually really liked him and the, and the oh the relationship he has with uh, Doctor Powell when they have their little snipey conversation. <laughs> That's great. Where he's like, "Yeah, well, you can never do that." Oh no, that was you. No, I'm pretty sure you did that. Well, she says it that way. I can hear you. And like, it's technically they're arguing, but she's also like clearly into him, and he's clearly into her. And it's like that it doesn't come off as shrill and gross from either one of them. And actually yeah, made them yeah. very likable in a way that, again, I think they're trying to do with all the characters, but it just doesn't translate into tension or dread for me. And maybe we've just seen too many movies. And there's just, I'm too jaded. Like, I wonder if, like, you, you know, it, it, I wonder if my son, if he watched this, if he'd be like, ooh, that was spooky. But I don't know. I, I kind of get the feeling no. So, oh, so we have the, the other scene, speaking of this uh, paranormal guy being kind of charming. They decide they're going to send the drone with a camera on it into the closet, into the paranormal version of the house, and that will find Maddie and guide her to the end of the rope, and then she can plop back out. And, you know, Dr. Paranormal is <laughs> trying to fly the drone, and it just smacks into a wall immediately, and he kind of goes, <sighs> and just hands the control yeah. over to the little kid, <laughs> and I'm like... After telling the kid, like, oh, no, you can't be... Flying its Which own. Is, this is serious yeah. business for grown ups. But that is stuff. absolutely what every adult does, mm. even if they've never touched the technology that they're talking about and the younger person has used extensively. Like, if someone told me the only way to save my son or daughter from certain doom was to, you know, beat the first, I don't know, 10 rounds of Call of Duty tournament, you know, using only a knife or something. I have the instinct to go, I have to do this. I have to do this. And it's like, I've never played Call of Duty. <laughs> I should be handing the controller to my 11-year-old who would crush that with no problem. <laughs> and the movie actually has the adult character have the instinct I think all of us have. But then also admit, eh, fuck it, he knows what he's doing. He's been playing with this thing. <laughs> like It's a fun little moment. And again, I think it shows that dude is actually caring about people. And he's, he seems like a nice guy. So the, the camera goes in on the drone. We all see what I think is the coolest change to the mythology of this is actually seeing like the spirit version of the house. It's pretty. Which is really pretty. goddamn pretty. It's the upside down, yeah. And it, yeah, basically. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. cause, well, as watching it, we're like, oh, this whole thing's just full of like rotting meat and corpses. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of movement. And it's as it kind of pans around, you go, oh, it is all built of things crawling around on the walls. Like, it is all bodies. It looks really mm -hmm. cool. Like, you know, it doesn't add anything necessarily to the story because it's just, but it gives us, and, you know, you could argue, too, not knowing is scarier. I really liked it because it gave me an anchoring in how they're trying to find her and what it means to be locked. Because if she's just floating in a spectral void, which is what I had kind of imagined, I don't get how you're supposed to, like, get her to come back to you. And I was like, oh, okay, she's mm. just trapped in a fucked up version of this house running from monsters constantly and being disoriented oh, by the pull to go to the light. Now it makes sense that a rope being tossed in helps, you know? Well, I, well, I do love the mechanics of that, though. Like, I do like the idea of, like, a couple of, the, like, the, the racy monsters in there arguing, like, like, look, you made fun of me a little while ago when I said a table leg flew by. Now there's a rope going all the way through there, through the main hallway area, you remember a rope there before? There was not a rope there before. You made fun of me about the table leg, but look, there's a fucking rope. It's still here. And like one of them finally grabs one. And there's like one of them finally grabs it. And they're like, "Hey, what's with this rope?" Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just found that very, very amusing. I don't know why. It's just, it's just like, wait, was there a rope it, here before? It does make you wonder how much intelligence and agency the poltergeists have. That's what I'm saying. Because they're they're capable of fucking with people and clearly using power drills. But they're also not going, oh, shit, she can escape with this because it's clearly, like, a thing to lead someone out. Because theoretically, all they care about is getting to the light. But they're, if, if they're so intent on her being on to lead them there, it's also, you'd think anything they would think would distract her from doing that would also become a priority, at least for a short time. So it's a little muddy, but that's asking a lot, maybe, from a mythology that was probably never that fleshed out, even in the first one, for as far as that goes. Um, so what do you got? A uh, series of circumstances leads Griffin to having to run into the thing himself to go save his sister, right? Is that about where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. Um, finds her, 
she kind of knows she's supposed to go to the light, but we've been warned by um, Professor Doctor TV guy that that's bad because then she's gone forever. So they eventually find their way to fall through the ceiling and land in a thud in a pretty convincingly gloopy gray skinned heap uh that is like oh that's some serious drama <laughs> yeah but nowhere near as gross as the goop in the original mm. yeah yeah because the remember there were those like weird clots in it and whatnot yeah like chunks of stuff yeah it was it was yeah. gunkier i think so we toss them in the bathtub and i think that goes to the scene i talked about where like they finally wake up and then uh, older daughters know where to be seen. Everybody's talking about how much they love each other as a family, and they. And again, I, I applaud this movie, and you know, for doing the smart thing and having your characters go. Well, we got the one thing keeping us here back. Let's get the fuck out, which is awesome. Because uh, yeah. Sony movies fail oh, that. Well, test. That is very funny, though. Yeah, it's, it's, that is extremely amusing. They're like in the car. Okay, good. Everybody's good. Tell little jokes, a little bit of laughy. Laughing. This is really good. Okay, do the line on the show. Like, this house is clean. Like, oh come on, do the thing. Like, this house is clean. Like, oh, a little chuckle. And a little wide-eyed girl in the back seat, like, um, no. Yeah, what part of the house yeah. is clean? All they do is get her back. <laughs> they didn't change anything in the house. So, like, that's just, that shows that our dude is clearly not perfect in his knowledge of how the supernatural works. <laughs> he knew enough to but get her out. It's just such a but... great little bit, you know? It's just like, it's like, yep, we're done now. Like, <laughs> uh no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- speaking of which, that's another thing I want to touch on real quick, comparing the new one to the original. <sighs> They're here. Uh, as a line, yeah, this is so half-assed with that. By well, the thing way. is, I I think what they did was said. There's no way we're going to be able to do it. Where she goes, they're here in the same like tone. Like it's going to sound stupid. So like, let's try you doing it in a different way that also is trying to inspire dread. And it doesn't. It just kind of can't work. But there's also no way to win. And what I thought was going to happen because she goes, she, her brother says, "What's up?" And she just turns back and goes, "They're coming." And he goes, "Who?" And there's a pause. And then she goes, "They're here." And it's like, oh shit, if you had just in this movie changed it to they're coming and then something happens and just dropped the they're here so there's not a direct comparison, it might have been kinder, you know, as a comparison. But maybe we'd be outraged they didn't use the classic line. I don't know. That's the microcosm, though, for why this movie doesn't work and why you can't win with something like this. Because the way that they did it, it reminded you of the original and how good it was. It was different, but not in a better way. And if it had been too faithful to the original, it would have been dumb. Yep. Yeah. So that's like, a good, that's a good point. It just keeps happening. Because, like, at the end, when they're, they're, like, driving off and the whole house is collapsing and everything, Jess asked, like, uh, how did this go in the original? And I said, oh, it's this grimy thing, like, there's this whole sinkhole and there's... Oh, God, like, it's incredible. The, the corpses and the pool and, like... All we have are weird CGI things going boogity a little bit through the end of this, and it it just doesn't compare favorably. And man, you can't if it's not going to compare favorably. Why are you doing it? Yeah, I think it is this, the, and I think we're kind of at the end. Then at that point, uh, TV guy runs back into the house to jump into thing to try to actually kind of quote unquote clean the house, get rid of the spirits. They don't just, I guess, become the neighbor's problem. Uh, and we find out later he's okay. Um, but this, this, as a larger effort, this film suffers from the thing that we bring up every now and again when we have to watch a remake, which is if it's pretty, if the original is pretty universally loved, you're gonna have a real hard time convincing people that there's anything special about your remake. You know, uh, it's hard to take a really good thing, change it enough, but still call it the same thing, and and have people like both. You know, a, a yeah. bad film is a much better option for a remake, which of course is probably not how some studio exactly wants to throw money at something wants to think of it. You know, but it's just like, bro, like this this movie was good, and this movie did this, this remake did good things, but it's like it didn't need a whole lot of work. You know, so I think. Well, and think about think about the, the Ouija, Ouija one. Like, think about the origin of Evil, the one that Flanagan did. Yeah. And like you have the original one that was like kind of like very good, and then all the stuff that he did, they said the sixties and all this other stuff, and all the costumes and the set stuff and everything else was so fucking great with that movie. How well good a job he did, with everything about that. And the same like with this remake, like maybe you don't go backwards and set it backwards or whatever else, but like take the thing 
and then take it over, take it over a couple notches. Like you know, do like is it Poltergeist two? That's in a high rise. I think that's the third one. Uh, two is almost the same as the first, just more haunting. Okay, I always I always forget that. I always forget, I always get it mixed around. Um, but like you know, maybe you know, set it you know, the, get an apartment complex, get a housing community, or like one of those one of those new ones that they keep building around here in Austin, which are these awful. Little things that have like all the duplexes glued together with, you know, uh, uh, awful stuff. Stuffing like that, just like change up what you're doing and change up the dynamic, but really apply the ideas of community and family and trying to, you know, all this, all positive stuff, but just like do change, change the, change the, some of the mechanics because at, at its core, you, you guys come back down to it. Like it's directed well, it looks really good, you have good actors in it. So like, why just do like what Josh said? It's sort of like, well, but why? <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. you know, that's, that's the galling part of it really is that, is that like, this is not offensively bad. This is not one of the things you walk up and fuck, 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 fuck. This is just more one of those things where like, well, damn, man, you had everything there. Like, sheesh. Yeah. Like, why does this, why does this, like, and honestly, like, did you not, did you guys not think that when they go see their house and the lady's like, yeah, this thing, that thing, and look at the view and all oh, this is delightful. Like, did you not expect, like, another 10 minutes of the movie after that? Like, they're just like, ah, eat a dick, and then just drove off. <laughs> I mean, and I... Like an end. I, no, I, that was firmly in stinger mode for me. Yeah, I, I took it as... Because as they're walking in, when they pull up, I was like, this is just the same house, basically. It's not literally, but, like, it's built the similar... And when she opens the door, I'm like, and there's the stairwell. It's just kind of mirror-imaged. I'm like, they're setting it up that the next place the movie is going to have the exact same problem. And then you get the like Simpsons esque like dun, 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 slam, and I was like, okay, you you set yourselves up for like these characters have learned from this problem, and kind of made a joke of it, eh, funny or not. But it's like, oh, actually, I, it's a little refreshing to see people go, no, if something gives us the heebie-jeebies now, we run the other way, and that's actually yeah. kind of like, oh, that's again, that's another indication of the characters doing relatively smart things in most cases in this movie, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's not like that's necessary for the movie. But it's also weird because, like, oh, when it's all said and done, like, man, no, nobody died. Like, nothing else sort of, like, it kind of just sort of ends. It just sort of, you know, and we're good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, once right. you try to figure out the mythology of, like, all these ghosts are here waiting to find the light, which then asks all kinds of questions. It's like, well... Before the cemetery was disturbed, they also just like people who never got to find the light or like, whatever that is, heaven or just peace in the afterlife? Or is it if you're a ghost and you die and you get buried, everything's fine and you go to heaven or the afterlife or find peace and death? But then if 300 years after your corpse is buried, someone like digs it up and moves it, you get sucked back to the shitty purgatory and you have to be like, oh, god damn it, Carl. And that's why you're so pissed. You're like, you've been having such a good time at the party. And then your babysitter called and you had to go home early. Is that the. Is that the reality we're implying? Because I don't like when. When are you fully at rest? If you can, if this is the rule, <laughs> like I just, I tried puzzling that out over the course of the afternoon today, but I'm very tired, so I'm probably not equipped for it. It, it, it doesn't. I don't think it bears a whole lot of scrutiny. Probably not. I mean, there's and there's also in the in the stinger because you also have the really abrupt. Um, Burke decides that he's got to go back in and like, come on, you know, I'm the only one who can lead these souls to the light. And so he just like goes in and like we lost him. Oh, there he is! And then he's doing his TV show again. Yeah. And there's another one of those just super abrupt things where there's there's barely any build up to that bit when he goes in at the and then there's no build up to him disappearing or going back or like. <laughs> it's like you're baking yeah. a cake. You're you're baking a cake and the timer's got two minutes left. You're like, oh shit, the eggs! You just kind of re- stick it in the <laughs> oven. You know, like ah. Yeah. Fixed it. That's funny. And I think it's trying to rely on the plot beats of the original. I think so. Even though you've changed the story somewhat, you still want to have the like, we think everything's fine, and then but that was a fake out. And I'm starting to think the better way to do it is to do like the Fright Night remake did, and just kind of start with the premise and then throw most of that shit out the window. And do something different. That's interesting. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example because how much fun is are all the things that they add to it, and how much more does it make it interesting? And it's not like they even did like well, we have to do everything that they did, but bigger. They yeah, exactly. Did, they just did different shit. Like 
what if there was a vampire named Jerry and this kind of mousy kid and then his friend evil Ed and then there was the charlatan guy who they kind of enlist for their fight against the vampires like let's start with that and then let's tell a different story yeah and it works you know yeah well even like even the, even going back to the original like the scene where mom's in the kitchen and she turns and then all the chairs are all stacked up I mean they, I love the original Pulper Games, but it's just that's, that's that seems scares great. the fuck out of me in this one they took the concept and did the thing with the comic books but it's like it doesn't it doesn't have the same effectiveness for one thing, and not to be a dead horse, but like it, they're not—they don't have anything that's stacked up there that's done by computer. And like, whereas yeah. in the original one, what you had you know, a bunch of chairs, and it's like, yeah, there's something about that that's really kind of nerve-wracking. And it's like, yeah, he turns around, and all the comics are stacked in this crazy way, but it's like, but that that gag doesn't work as good when it's not in direct daylight in the kitchen, which is the like the kind of the heart of most houses, you know, sort of like in. The, how unsafe you are in broad daylight in that situation and like in this one it's like well it's the same gag kind of but it's just sort of it doesn't doesn't have the meat to it you know it's just like oh, damn it yeah and we're not we're not spending like a whole day with mom slowly realizing that something yeah, is up yeah 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 that she then calmly explains to dad yeah there's no dread yes. built instead you have like three things happen to excitable kid who nobody's going to take seriously and then dad gets home and everything's pure chaos, like it is when dad gets home, as a general rule, or mom, you know, whatever. And so nobody takes him seriously, so none of that shit lands. Yeah, it's just like, let's get to the next thing. That's what it feels like. It's just like, all right, come on, mm-hmm. come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get, let's get this moving. Um, What's your hurry? So, <laughs> I think... I got things to do. <laughs> if I remember right, the way... Uh, the Slaughterhouse Princess guys do it. It is basically uh, a would you watch it or not. They might put numbers on it, but I feel like it's more just like would you check it out. So uh, right. we can keep it a little more simple and just do it that way. What do we think, guys? Um, I would say if you've got if you are in possession of a of a twelve to fourteen year old and they have some interest in this kind of thing, then this will this will click in to their kind of target area. But at the same time, I showed Conlon the original. We watched the original Poltergeist in the dead of the dead of the, the middle of the day. I said, "Well, this is one of my favorite horror movies. I really love this. It is scary, but it's great." And we watched it in the middle of the day, and we had to give a bunch of stress breaks to both Kristen and Conlon um, cool. watching it. But we got through it. And like, oh, this was really rad. Oh, this was really rad. This thing was really crazy. Oh my god, the ending with the coffins. Holy shit! Um, you know, all that kind. Of, we they, they had the right reaction. You know, um, so like. Is it better just to show them the original or show them this one? Like, eh, you know, your your offspring may may, may vary. So, <laughs> um, you know, I would say, jeez, uh, I would say yes. You know, not a real enthusiastic one, but I mean, it didn't it didn't, it didn't make me mad, and it wasn't like terribly bored. It just it just felt like a symphony with with bits missing. Um, so I mean, it's, it ain't gonna hurt you. Um, and so if you, if you especially if you have, a younger burgeoning film or, or horror person around this might be a good uh, this might be a, a good segue. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, go ahead, Josh. I feel like show your kid the original first, and if it's a little too cheesy for them, then show them this one. Because hmm. mm-hmm. I can see that it, this might appeal to like your modern Gen Z person. And it, with the way that it's paced and the slickness of it and everything, and it's just not aimed at me, and that's why I, I can't dig it. Maybe that's a good point. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't think like if you're a grown up, just watch the original because it's got Craig T. Nelson in it, and, it, and it's got a creepy dwarf lady, and it'll make you happy. So <laughs> I would say skip it <laughs> unless you have a kid, and that kid has already seen the first one and wasn't buying it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar wheelhouse. I think. I really do love the look of some of the scenes, and so I think I'm I'm glad I watched it. Uh, and I would say, yeah, like if you've not seen the original, see that one first, which you know is sometimes such a cliche thing to tell people that it might be annoying, but I, I do think that's the better film. Um, but if you're you know an average horror fan just haven't seen it, I bet you'll find things to like. Uh, and we do have really likable actors in in roles that they're pulling off as well as anyone could. It just the the film doesn't quite land story-wise for me but a lot of the stuff's fun speaking of uh was it zelda rubenstein is that the right name 
was yes, in the original. Yep. I'm super glad they didn't try to recreate that and just gave us a totally different yes. character. That, yeah, I was, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was very that, concerned. That was a, that's a good point. Yeah, so that was that was a very smart move. But uh, yeah, it's this movie's it's fine, but it's it's not the best. But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, check it out if you're bored and it's you know pops up on some streaming service you have or whatever. Like you can have some fun with it, I suppose. Nice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just listen to the last wait wait don't tell me that had Adam Burke oh, there you go. <laughs> and you'll hear somebody who sounds just like Jared and, Harris and is but is being really and just funny. have someone go woo while you do it yeah spooky just don't anchor a rope into your wall and like run it through your closet and then out the basement unless you have a practical yeah. reason to do so yeah you're gonna lose your security deposit. oh for sure yeah like, wait a minute, I own this house. Like, still, you're not getting that deposit back, young man. Damn it. Okay, uh, shall we take a quick break and then we'll talk about the things that we're going to watch next week? Let's do it. Yes. Let's do that. Up next for next week, um, not on Slaughterhouse Princess, but on Horror Show Hot Dog, where we actually live. We are we have finally <laughs> have the, the culmination of like a, what a three year dream here to do Charlie Netflix Week, where uh, Charlie has an enormous collection of weird ass horror movies you can't get anywhere else. And when he came up to visit for Twin Cities Horror Fest, he brought three of them that we're going to watch and then mail them back to him. Uh, along with pictures of us in uh, various stages of undress. Oh, oh, good! I finally have a use for those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I got those boudoir shots. You know, they cost like fifteen hundred bucks. So. I mean, I maybe I the guy. <laughs> well, the guy you go to is just a dude in an alley, and that's not actually a camera. Uh, cost-saving measure. <laughs> that's true. This is somebody sketching real fast. With one hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hook for hand. Shut up, it was an accident. Uh. <laughs> None of that matters, really, but uh, the movies that Charlie picked for us are uh, The Outing, also known as The Lamp, uh, Tessis, Spanish for Thesis, by the way, and Terror Tract, which is a fantastic, weird, uh, odd little, like, late, uh, mid-90s anthology with John Ritter, and mm-hmm. it's, man, it's, we watched it in college, and it's one of several that we've never seen anywhere else and had almost stopped believing that it existed. So, I'm excited to revisit that. Hmm. Well, and then the other two, by the way, just, you know, just for everybody's edification, I had, I had a hand, I had about nine or ten that I was trying to pick from, um, and, like, Tasis is one that I really love. It's eerie and got under my skin like crazy. This is, it's one of those rip movies that, like, maybe it is not the most tense and craziest fuck suspense thing ever, but it just stuck on my ribs for months. Um, and it's mm. one of those ones that's haunted me. Um, Terror Track, I goddamn love. You have a killer monkey, and you have Brian Cranston, and you have, like, a revenge thing, and you have all this other great stuff, and just super fun stuff. There. Um, the outing slash the lamp is just fucking crazy. Um, it doesn't make any sense, and nobody acts like people. And it's like, it, it falls that category of the, the one that um, Christian uh, Levon um, had us watch a while back. The, what's wrong with the, the, the lady? What was that one called? Um, <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> what's wrong <laughs> no, with the lady? What's with the, who's, was it, uh, who slew Auntie Rue? Auntie Rue, it was, uh, that was a recommended viewing after you watched the one yeah. that we watched, which was something else, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in that category where you watch the one that, you, the one that Christian had the, recommended to us to, to watch. And it's one of those things where you, once you get past clunk and bad, all the things, and you go, well, alright. Well, let's just kind of see where we go here. And that's where this, the outing slash the lamp falls. You just, once you get past, like, this isn't any good, you go, oh, alright. Well, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those sort of, kind of weird, uh, Weird uh, passing a kidney stone kind of movies, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Damn it! Now I'm, I'm looking for the title of that movie, 
and I, I can't find it. But so I'm just going to let it go. I'll leave that as an exercise to the listener. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for to Slaughterhouse Princess for taking on watching three movies this week. Oh so my we god, can only I cannot wait! Yeah, I cannot I'm, wait I'm, to hear what they have to think about because Jesus, we settled them. We did. Oh my god! Okay, uh, creep, creepy, and then creepazoid. And it's just like Jesus. It should be fun. The creepazoid was great. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, but it's but I just the idea of having to like find the time is like we complain about that all the time. That we were idiots when we came up with the format for our show, <laughs> and so watching <laughs> watching it be inflicted on someone else, I am both delighted and ashamed. <laughs> they deserve it because last time they picked movies for us, they made me watch the fucking Machinist again. So. <laughs> oh God, I remember that. Oh yes, I take do. that, Chris Pratt and Troy. <laughs> Uh, oh, because this is going to be on their feed. Uh, if you like Slaughterhouse Princess, find them on the internet. You all know how Google works. I'm not going to tell you what all the individual things are. Do it yourself. <laughs> most most things right. I've memorized. So. <laughs> but it's it's a pretty unique. It's a Google. It is pretty name. easy to find. Yeah, just I mean, the same thing's true of ours. Uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and don't normally check out Horror Show Hot Dog, Google Horror Show Hot Dog. You'll find us. Uh, it's, life is that simple. Yeah. Could it be that beautifully simple? Could it be this way forever? I, Maybe. No. Oh. Oh. No, because we, we gotta go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's I'm true. I'm just gonna point out that I've been dressed this entire time and, uh, say, well, you know, that. <laughs> and, uh, as, as far as y'all know, I've been Matt this entire time, and I'm sorry. Uh, this is Charlie down in Austin, Texas. Uh, thanks to the Slaughterhouse Princess gentlemen for, um, taking on three movies. <laughs> Suckers. Um, and, uh, we'll talk towards you soon. Bye-bye.